0: Tim Hello.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you could
1: take your art out for a meal. Oh. Anywhere. Oh. Where would you take it? The first place that comes to mind is Alberto's, which is in Surrey Hills, right near my home. But that seems a little boring if I can go absolutely anywhere in the world. But Alberto's is just like super romantic, super sexy. The food is incredible. But I think if I wanted to really you know, wine and dine my art, but keep it on a very accessible level where it's like, I'm showing you an experience and I would probably take them to Mexico and go to a tiny little taqueria and have a cute time on the beach and make it really romantic. Oh, I mean, I want to come with you to
0: Mexico. (laughs) When did you first notice your art?
1: Well, I grew up in a household of people who loved making art. Um, So my dad liked to do sculpture with clay and woodworking. My little sister loves to do, you know, animation and um, does kind of like these really interesting Digital drawings and portraiture, um, especially centered around furries. Do you know what a furry is? Are, Are they familiar? Those little toys. A uh, furry is actually it's um, it's kind of a sexuality almost. So oh. it's a subset of the queer community, but it's people who, um, I guess to break it down in simplest terms, who identify with kind of an animal instinct oh okay yes yes Yes. i now that you say all of that i have seen that yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. some people wear like head to toe furry costumes others just like my sister has a fursona so she draws herself as her fursona and she's drawn me as she she reckons i'm an otter i was gonna say (laughs) did you get
0: any input into what you were (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, so she does stuff like that and also does really cool like monster makeup and oh. prosthetics and things. Um, and my mom is a painter, so she's a really fabulous painter. She does a lot of landscapes and still lives and things like that. Um, but yeah, everyone just does it for fun, um, not as like a profession. But I sort of grew up with us having a play with art all the time. Um, but I first came to creating art, I suppose when I was young, I used to trace, you know, Disney characters. I would get out some tracing paper and a light box and learn how to draw all of the lines like that. And then it was high school where I really started to. Get into it, and it was all about ceramics. Ceramics was my number one love.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, how did you move on from ceramics then, or when Ooh. did you move on from ceramics?
1: Yeah, not until after uni. So I was super into ceramics. Like I went to a ceramics club after school. I did it as an elective during high school, and then I was actually meant to be um, go to uni for accounting. <laughs> I had a, I had a scholarship to go for accounting because I actually love accounting. Don't judge me. But that side of my brain is, I guess, the business running side of of being an artist. Um, And then about a month before school was meant to start, I went to Elon, North Carolina, the, the uni that I was meant to go to and was looking around and just realized I don't want to do this with my life. I want to be an artist. And I also don't want to live in North Carolina. So I instead, I'm going to go across the country to Arizona and go to um, ASU for yeah, studio art and art history. So. I kind of grappled with a lot of different things in a studio um, degree. So you do printmaking, fibers, sculpture. Uh, I focused on ceramics and printmaking for the most part, um, but dabbled in kind of everything. And I loved installation as well. Wow. I did everything other than painting. <laughs> and then I graduated from uni with those first two degrees and sort of wondered what i was actually going to do with my life because for printmaking like lithography you need a gigantic press I think and you need, need all that, of the mediums yeah. and the acids and you know marble slabs and things and um, and ceramics you need a kiln you need a wheel all these things i wasn't thinking about in my early 20s you know what i mean i feel like your accountancy was kicking in yeah, the accountancy yeah. <laughs> brain was kicking in yeah. at this point i was like i'm a broke yeah. <laughs> broke artist with two art degrees who doesn't know how to move forward creating work. So my beautiful, beautiful flatmate at the time um, taught me how to paint in our living room and I had my first solo show in our living room and invited all my friends over and I put down, I had like... It was it was rainbow colored canvases. So one canvas was yellow, one yep. was green, one was pink, blah blah blah. Um, and it was all figures. It was queer people, primarily um, women identifying people and female identifying people. And it was yeah. I put down a, a silent auction, and I think the starting bid was five dollars. <laughs> and I sold some for five dollars, twenty dollars, forty dollars.
0: Can I tell you those people got themselves a bargain, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> like they got
0: themselves a bargain
1: yeah so funny um but yeah so then once i started learning how to paint i decided to go back to uni and went to the school of art institute of chicago okay um and got a painting and drawing degree
0: wow yeah so if you were to think about your art practice and when you committed fully to painting would you say the the painting study was the full yeah. commitment or was probably the
1: probably not actually it was oh. a slow burn oh, tell me okay <laughs> so i started painting and then i went to school to uni and sort of learned how to paint or unlearned how to paint as well um and fiddled around and did a lot of experimentation and coupling painting with installation and and stuff like that and then i i started doing commissions and i really didn't like the things that people were coming to me and asking me to do like like painting their babies or um painting a beginning Were be oh, okay. yeah, oh, you getting oh thank oh i actually do like doing you do? portraits <laughs> i had um these guys asked me to do a portrait of their friends of mine but asked me to do a portrait of their ram <laughs> Well, they have a pet ram. Like, I mean, gets yes. them through a lot of filters already, right? <laughs> pet ram with gay dads. I'm like, this is, this is yes, in. We're in. <laughs> doing that. So pet pet commissions I'm okay with. But um, yeah, they would just ask me to, to paint things that I wasn't drawn to painting yep. necessarily. Um, so I ended up getting a full-time job at a t- major technology company just so I could have... A steady income and be able to paint whatever i wanted mm. and it was at that time that i started to gain some traction in the art world because instead of just painting whatever i could to survive and having to steal toilet paper from the bar because i prioritized buying a shot of whiskey over toilet paper i made that shift and was able to have sort of a sustainable lifestyle and pay the bills and then paint absolutely whatever i wanted um, and and because I was working, you know, 40 to Mm -hmm. 50 hours a week, I was sort of, moonlighting with my art at night and on weekends and it would come and go over time as the creative process does you know sometimes you get that inspo and other times you need a little bit of a break but it got to a point actually in September last year where I just physically did not have time to work anymore so I made the decision to quit my job and now I'm a full-time artist so I've actually only fully committed to painting in the last nine months in the last
0: nine months wow i mean you've had such a huge career in i can't fathom how you have been
1: it was hard yeah <laughs> it right. Was really hard. oh my god how yeah. do you feel now uh, incredible i can't i cannot recommend enough quitting your job to become a full-time artist. Like I really cannot recommend it enough. I had so many artist friends. Um, Jamie Preese, who I know has done this series as well, um, was a big proponent that for like the last four years he's been begging me to quit my job and just commit um but you know i'm a capricorn i like to be financially set yeah, up I fair like to enough have yeah plan. yeah um you know i wanted to have a buffer with some savings so that i could just live for a few years without you know if i didn't sell a single painting i'd be okay and still not have that financial burden of having to paint things that i don't want to paint yeah. um so i sort of set myself up for that and now i'm having the time of my life it's great wow I okay so
0: that. in committing to your art other than the day job which you were done with has there been anything else you've had to give up or let go of
1: you know i'm still struggling if i'm going to be perfectly honest with a balance of routine and finding ways to make sure that i'm staying committed to my artistic practice while also being attentive to my friends and my family and you know making time to go see other people's artwork and um, attend gallery openings and support my friends and i've it's sort of i'm balancing between these two extremes where i just go in and paint for two weeks non-stop then i'm completely exhausted and i don't paint for a month and i need (laughs) balance still working through it yeah so figuring that rhythm out yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah it it seems that i sort of give up everything like i forget to eat i forget to pee i forget to brush my teeth i forget to do everything your partner's like throwing bread
0: into the studio yeah
1: yeah (laughs) um and i get in this zone so i don't know what's going on around me um which is good you know it's good to get into that flow but i'm i'm definitely still trying to figure out how to um, bring balance and routine into my practice. Right. So we'll see. So, <laughs> we'll stay it. Cu- yes. Stay <laughs> tuned. <laughs> What's the craziest
0: thing you've ever done for your art?
1: Oh, the craziest thing I've ever done for my art. I mean move across the country twice, and then across to the other side of the world. Like I came to Australia um, 11 years ago for work and it was meant to be a two-year contract. Um, And then I started submitting into prizes and got into the Archibald Prize and sort of realized that I could make a career for myself thing. in Australia, I'm like, this is kind of a big deal, like, my stuff's on the news, it's on all these flags around town, it's on the bus shelters, you know, and it was sort of in a big adrenaline rush, it was really exciting, um, and yeah, I made the decision not to move back to the U.S. because I wanted to really, truly commit, but I don't know, I feel like I've done a lot of crazy things for my art, primarily moving to new countries or new states or new cities to kind of experiment and try things out, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's more craziness to come. More crazy. <laughs>
0: it's funny, Jamie. This morning was like, he started. He was thinking about some of the crazy things, and then he was going, "Actually, no, I'm not going to tell you those stories." Yeah, <laughs> no, I just did the same. i was <laughs> like,
1: What's PG? About I know. I can <laughs> say that it won't get taken down off the internet. <laughs>
0: i feel like there's a whole like series on just yeah. x-rated not x-rated but you yeah. know like the kind of like dodgy crazy stuff you've yeah. done with your art yeah
1: things that you know lots of extracurricular yeah. activities yes. lots of nudity yes. yeah interesting experiences with friends yes. yeah all, kind of all, all those things <laughs> um have you ever fallen out of
0: love with your art
1: Yes, I have. Actually, I have at different points. It was mostly when I felt incredibly burnt out. Um, so I think the first time was when, you know, I'd graduated from my uni degrees and was living as a full time artist for about, I want to say, two years, maybe a year and a half, two years in Chicago. And I was just struggling so much. And then having to create those commissions that I wasn't interested in made me sort of yeah, I feel a bit icky about it, um, but then I recommitted and shifted some things. Um, but yeah, I think I think when I was working full time and it was just sometimes felt like a chore to paint and that should never feel like a chore if, if it does the painting's going to turn out like shit it's yeah, gonna, gonna, it's it's gonna <laughs> <right>. yeah it's going to be shitty yeah it's <laughs> never going to look right um and you know just weird little things like the nuances of your brush strokes or the colors that you choose to paint or at least that I choose to paint when my head space is in kind of the negative or dark space completely change like if you look through my um paintings you can kind of see when I'm going through breakups and there's certain colors coming okay. into it um yeah it's really funny to look back over the last how long have i been painting now i guess 14 years um, and happy Kim, sad Kim, yeah, <laughs> angry Kim, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can really, you can really see it, and like just moving through the world. I guess my plateau mm. is usually pretty happy. Like I'm, just yeah, I'm a pretty happy person, I guess altogether. Um, but yeah, when it when it hits, it hits hard, <laughs> and it comes out in my art.
0: Yeah. yeah, have you ever cheated on your art?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like it's always been there, you know, from childhood up until now. It's always been there, whether I was focusing on it as a primary thing in my life, as a primary passion, or moving on to other things and then coming back to it, it's sort of always been there. I suppose you could say that having a full-time job was cheating in a way, but also that enabled me to be able to create what I love and was passionate about. Um, so I don't think, I'm not a cheater. It's good to hear. It's good to hear.
0: Loyalty is important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do you woo your art to get back in its good books or connected with it?
1: I think I definitely woo my art by being informed by other people's art practices. So going to gallery openings and museums and being really inspired by the work of my friends, my peers, um, and then just really incredible artists who I've looked up to for a really long time and making connections with those people to help me kind of, learn and grow and establish more more of my self-identity as an artist through inspiration from others i would say yeah mm.
0: last question what's your top tip for keeping the passion alive in the oh, studio
1: a vibrator no, just kidding. <laughs> sponsored um, by no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think the passion sort of it's sort of an endless well that comes up from within you. And when that well starts to dry up, I actually think it's really important to take a break and put the brushes down or, you know, whatever medium, put the tools down, whatever medium you're working with, and really allow space um, to kind of reconnect with what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Because just like any relationship, you can't, be together all the time and expect things to be honky dory you have to allow space and room to grow individually and then come together and be your best selves for one another so yeah taking breaks when needed and then one when the passion strikes making sure to make time for it
0: for it kim luke well thank you so much for joining us
1: my pleasure thank you for having me <laughs>